It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah, down with the traitor. Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews 98.5 on your FM dial. I'm Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I've helped people protect their families and real estate with their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried Slow County court cases that have struck down unconstitutional election laws, city ordinances, criminalizing homelessness, and the Bureau of Cannabis Control's uh, authorization of cannabis billboards on Highway 101. It has been my privilege to repeatedly serve as Superior Court Special Master. And I suppose I should add, I'm one of the very few people uh, in the county who has ever investigated and uh, gathered evidence that resulted in the successful conviction of someone for vote fraud. An office holder, I might add. I bring you officials, lawyers, and organizations shaping public policy and law here on Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Last week, I was so pleased to speak with CalCoast News reporter Karen Veely about a series of stories, blockbuster stories, uncovering allegations of a culture of sexual abuse at San Luis Obispo Senior High. The She invited anyone with information about other instances or anyone who's been a victim of sexual abuse in local schools to contact her at her phone number, which she gave out on the air freely, and I'm going to give it out again, so get ready with your pencil. It's 805-234-1703. We cannot have sexual abuse going on in our schools. And last week, I also had the pleasure of talking with George Sullivan about the benefits and burdens of owning his own 12,800-square-foot underground bomb shelter. I'm just going to leave it there. If you missed those important interviews, log into the podcast of last week's shows at knews, that's K-N-E-W-S, 985.com. Today, we have two folks with years of participating in local political activism. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing first supervisorial candidate Eric Gorham. He returns here to talk about his campaign and his vision for San Luis Obispo County. He's running in the 5th District of San Luis Obispo County. Um, now, to, this is the second time Mr. Gorham has been on this show. We've also had uh, uh, Mayor Moreno of Atascadero, who is a candidate for the 5th District um, Board of Supervisors seat. I have repeatedly invited uh, Councilwoman, Atascadero Councilwoman Susan Funk, to come on the show, and each time uh, her campaign aide has uh, let me know that you know she doesn't have much. time. She doesn't have time to come on. Did, did you say something? <laughs> I said uh, she let you know you know too much. Or well, I, I, I hope that when people come on here, they expect to have uh, reasons and knowledgeable interview. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 
after uh, living here since 1961 and uh, practicing law here since 1978, I know a couple things. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, the uh, the other guest that we have, I think, is going to be very interesting too. Uh, in that hour, we are going to have the county chairman of the Republican Party, Mr. Randall Jordan. Now, I expect to bring on the chair of each of the three political parties that remain in San Luis Obispo County. I've invited the chair of the Democratic Party. I've invited the chair of the Green County Council. And we will see if those folks come on. And I hope they uh, they know that they can come on and expect a uh, reasoned and knowledgeable interview. So, But before we start, and then Eric, I'm going to ask you to just pause for a second while I give a few announcements. I want to give listeners an opportunity to continue to follow an important bill pending in front of the California Senate authored by our local assembly member, Dawn Addis. Her assembly bill 80 creates a new commission called the, quote, offshore wind energy entity, end of quote. That offshore wind energy entity will end up being a big factor determining when and how floating electric wind turbines are placed in the federal waters off Cambria, San Simeon, and Ragged Point. If you want to follow Don Addis's Assembly Bill 80, creating an offshore wind energy entity, log into the State Senate's Appropriations Committee hearing scheduled for August 14th, just a few days away, at 10 a.m. You can find the link to the State Senate and to Don Addis's office on Slow County Public Policy and the Law's website at knews98.5.com. So now it gives me really great pleasure to welcome for the second time uh, the owner of Red Frog Teas, Compost, Compost Teas, yeah. um, and a candidate for 5th District Supervisor, Mr. Eric with a K, Gorham. Correct. Thank you, sir. <laughs> welcome, Eric. Um, I, I just, you know, I couldn't help but uh, notice in, in the articles, in fact, that was one of the reasons I asked you to come in was uh, there was a story about the relative fundraising of all of the candidates. And uh, Ms. Moreno had raised a little bit over $100,000 in her race. And Ms. Funk, who is invited to come on, I will give her a good, knowledgeable, courteous interview here. Um, She'd raised about $95,000 in her campaign. And um, I noticed you hadn't raised quite as much. How are things going? <laughs> no. So realistically, we never really started raising money. Um, okay. We came out, the, the money that's in there um, was for a handful of donors that just gave directly to the campaign. We've, I haven't asked for a dime at this point. And um, it looks like I've, I've kind of been thinking it over. And uh, I was waiting for a few things to happen and watch a few things play out just to see where different things lie in the county. Sounds like we're going to make some news here. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm officially dropping out of the race today. Wow. Here, this is the first place I've said it. So but I stayed in a little longer than I planned to just to watch a few things shake out. And I don't want to get into those things on the air, but I wanted to see where things lie. 
and uh, go from there. Well, I bet you learned a couple of things. You know, no one steps out and campaigns for office without learning things about themselves, about their neighbors, about who their real friends are. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, interestingly enough, what I found was, and I kind of had this idea, but I was being contacted, you know, I, I think when you look at the Democratic Central Committee, there was kind of a takeover over the last handful of years where you went from uh, kind of Democrats to more progressives that are now running the party, in my opinion. Well, I know I, I, I revised the bylaws of the Democratic County Central Committee uh, when I was on there, probably about 2007, 2008, 2009. But what I saw is that I think I've always thought there was a certain degree of walking away if you're in certain places. And I think this county is one of those when you're on the progressive side and they've kind of taken over and they could probably say the same thing about Republicans. I'm just um, but I got a lot of support from kind of the old school Democrats, people calling me mm-hmm. saying they want to endorse, et cetera, give money. Again, I didn't take any money because uh, there was not that long ago. I figured I'm not going to run. But like I said, I wanted to see a few things yeah. and how they worked mm-hmm. out. But I was really surprised. And, and, and you are a Republican. I am a Republican. But old line Democrats were, were Yeah, I was getting the phone. And some you. of those were people that were on the Central Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just didn't like where the party was going. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. I learned a lot just talking to those people. And um, we seem to have this division, you know, political divisions. But talking to this kind of the old school blue collar Democrats, so you know, you find out we're really not that different, and that's I think why they got uh, got behind me and were talking to me and were hoping I was going to run was just we're really not that that far apart. Now, Eric, uh, you were saying that you had uh, lots of um, old line Democrats that were basically working folks. Yeah, who correct. Were, who were supporting you? And uh, how about uh, in your own party or with the independents? Uh, what did you find out about uh, your uh, your ability to attract them? Well, within the own, my own party, I found, you know, um, Heather has a pretty big following in Atascadero. Yeah. I believe I had, you know, it's probably just as big a following in the more rural areas or in the county areas. Mm-hmm. So it might have made things interesting, but... Um, do the last election when you looked at the Gibson and uh, Jones election. You, when you looked at that primary, it probably damaged the Republican Party having two candidates, or actually three candidates at the time. Three vigorous candidates. So, mm-hmm. and that was uh, probably the determining factor for me. Is the, you know the party's already seen enough turmoil with that election, and to kind of move on and throw my support. Well, you know, if you think about it, uh, there. The highest uh, representative who is a Republican in this county is a member of the Board of Supervisors or perhaps the sheriff or the Mm -hmm. district attorney or the county assessor. Um, Those are countywide offices that are all held by Republicans. Um, But but, uh, as far as uh, legislating, there's no one in the state assembly that represents this county who's a Republican. Uh, in fact, uh, next week, uh, uh, I'm going to take a little personal privilege here. Be sure, folks, and tune in on August 12th. I will be speaking with Diane Curran and Richard Ayers about their lawsuit against the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and PG&E 
to seek to close down Diablo Canyon. And following them at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 12th, here Congressman Salud Carbajal talked with me about his work for you in the House of Representatives this session. That's August 12th at 10 a.m. to noon here on KNews FM 98.5. And um, so, so folks who uh, want to have an influence on uh, federal legislation or they want to talk to their congressman or their state senator here or their uh, state assembly person, they pretty much have to talk to Democrats, don't they? They do. Yeah, and it was a little unfortunate watching the state um, when the lines got redrawn because I don't think this area, if those you know lines in 10 years don't change a little bit, there'll never be a chance. I mean, when you add from basically San Luis Obispo, you hit the whole coastline and get into San Jose, um, it's, you know, and you leave out the interior valley of Monterey, it's, it'll be impossible for a Republican, I believe, to ever hold that, those, some of those seats again. Well, and, and that may change, of course. Um, I, I think one of the things I've noticed is there's a broad swath of people in the middle, and many of them are registered Democrats, like me. And many of them are registered Republicans, and uh, I sense that you're fairly moderate uh, in your views. Um, and of course, the independents. Uh, uh, in some counties, there's more independents than mm-hmm. Republicans, or more than Democrats. And uh, so that that's like the the new third party. It's just not an organized party. Correct. So, and in this county, I think what you've seen historically. Um, when it comes to supervisor and when it comes to especially DA and sheriff is people are willing to cross lines for the person they feel is right. They are. They are. And um, I, I guess that's uh, one of the things that we should talk about. You, you've now got a choice to make. You've got two candidates in the 5th District and if you have just officially dropped out. Correct. Uh, Eric Gorham's made news here, folks, right here on KNews 98.5. He hasn't announced it anywhere else before. Um, are you going to make a choice between uh, Ms. Funk and Ms. Moreno? I will be making a choice. I would like to have some conversations first just to see. You know, I'm a detail-oriented person, and generally mm-hmm. in campaigns, people are p- painting, you know, a really broad picture with a really big brush, and they don't get into the details. So there's a few questions I would have for both of them, and then... Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to make my decision. So you're inviting them to call you to arrange a meeting? Correct. Okay. All right. What's your phone number? It's 805-286-2355. And that was your campaign phone number, too? It was, yeah. And I imagine that's the phone number you call if you want some of your organic teas. <laughs> yeah. If you want those compost teas, you can call <laughs> that number, too. Um, well, you've been working for years in this county, Um you actually uh, reside in Santa Margarita, where you've been working on a, a ranch that you've been refurbishing. How's yeah. that going? It's going. It's uh, occasionally daunting. There's a lot of projects. The ranch was in somewhat disrepair because nobody had been lived on, living on it in quite a few years. Um, so, and then with the storms this year, it created a little more havoc. So, yeah. there's. Uh, I'm never at a loss of things to do. I'll put it that way. Well, now, um, of course, this is a this is an important weekend 
politically. Uh, we've had a president who has been indicted um, again. Um, and that has sucked up, frankly, all of the all of the news airways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm more interested in San Luis Obispo County, Santa Barbara County, Monterey County, and the kinds of policies uh, that uh, people are trying to institute here. Uh, as you look forward for the County of San Luis Obispo, uh, what do you see as the most important things that a supervisor should be focused on? Well, throughout the whole county, I believe water is a huge issue, and it's probably the most complex issue outside of homelessness. Those are very, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, and people don't quite understand. Um, And unfortunately, you know, elections have consequences, and we've seen some serious consequences in the North County, and, you know, we no longer really have representation on any of the GSAs um, that is from North County. Um, and it's being kind of sold out from underneath us. There's a pay-per-play going on. Now, now tell, tell our listeners who don't know what a GSA is, what that is. So there's a GSP and there's a GSA. The GSP is your groundwater sustainability plan, and then the yeah. GSA is basically the agency that represents and, in, and installs that plan and makes sure it's going the way it's supposed to. Groundwater sustainability it's the agency. Authority. Yeah, authority. authority. When they, whenever something gets the word authority, it's got some power. Right. And uh, there's some very weird things going on with that since the election, since uh, last year's election. And, and what, what? Basically a dismantling and giving away to big business. And what kind of big businesses seem to be getting the, uh, wa- the groundwater? Um, mostly wineries. Um, Harvard Investments just sold a little while ago their interests around here to a company in Canada who's actually bought up more property in Templeton. Um, but you're talking, you know, at least 10,000 acres over the basin. Wow. And when it comes down to it, it's control. Most of those acreage, it's, you know, when you look at these big players, it's right above us, the, the coastal branch of the state water uh, line. So they interestingly bought up all that, created an it's agency. It's on Highway 29, 229. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and into to Shandon. So, you know, a lot of people believe at some point if they can change, you know, right now it's illegal to export water out of this county, um, but the Board of Supervisors can change that with one vote, and they could export, be selling to Santa Barbara County pretty easily if allowed to. And... Um, Unfortunately, you saw a lot of money going into certain candidates last go-around, and then those candidates just giving away our rights over the Paso Basin right afterwards. Which, uh, which candidates were those that you uh, Gibson would be the ringleader on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. got around $45,000, from these people for his campaign and immediately kicked off. Uh, from the GSA, kicked off all North County representation, put himself in charge and a staffer, and then gave it up to Matt Turrentine, who's a representative for Harvard, and now the new representative I'm hearing for this group from Canada, investment group. So it's either, and it was Harvard Investments. These aren't people that are investing in grapes, they're investing in natural resources for the long term. And water is one of the, one of the biggest things in California. I noticed uh, of your former opponents, one of them is uh, endorsed by a distillery owner. And, of course, it reminds me of the old song that uh, out here out west, uh, 
Whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting over. Correct. And, and I'm not saying all the vineyards or all the distilleries, they're not bad people. There's a handful that have made it pretty clear what they want to do. Okay. And some of them actually on their investment pages had lined out this. We're using this as a cover crop. As soon as we are able to export water and sell it, that's our plan. That's our investment. So what, what are they using as a cover crop? Uh, um, that particular company would have been Luminera. Um, yeah. Or Luminera. They grow in wheat or they grow in They were growing alfalfa. Alfalfa. Which is a lot thirstier. It's about 4.25 acres an acre foot. Yeah. And right on their investment pages, they're down now, but it said we planted this until at what time we can export the water. You know, it's a cover crop to show historical use. Well, folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a discussion with former candidate for 5th District Supervisor, Eric with a K, Gorham. And we're talking about water and the issues in the 5th District. And... um, and party politics, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is a good weekend to be talking about party politics. So be sure and tune in next week, uh, August 12th. You'll hear Congressman Salud Carbajal talk with me about what he's been doing in the U.S. House of Representatives for you during this term. And we'll be speaking with Diane Curran and Richard Ayers about the lawsuit they have brought against the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and PG&E in an attempt to close down Diablo Canyon. There's one other thing you want to know about, folks. Uh, There's going to be a town hall that Congressman Carbajal is going to be hosting at the Slow County Farm Bureau at 5.30 p.m., on August 17th, and you can uh, go to his website and get tickets so that you can attend and you can ask him questions and uh, you can bring up concerns like the concerns that Eric with a K has been bringing up here for us about water and the potential export of water. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. Do you have any uh, other thoughts before we go to our news break, Eric? <laughs> No, it's an interesting climate right now. I'm actually looking forward to um, watching Heather and Susan and what happens. There you go. All right. Stay tuned after this news break and after these ads. We'll be right back. Shut 